Monday listening back. He, of course, the host of Frontline on Newsmax with Carl Hickey. Carl, how are you? Good to see you. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, very welcome. Last time I had you on, the show hadn't been on very long. Everybody's talking about your show. They love the the demeanor that you bring. They love the sarcasm. They love how direct you are. They love that you just are unafraid. And I bring that up. And by the way, congratulations on that. I mean, it's got great traction. I bring that Thank up you. because the, the network I think you guys are taking on and doing very well against is now like censoring President Trump. Have you seen this where Fox News will pull out of a Trump speech to fact check him? Yeah. What, what are we talking about here? It was absolutely insane, Joe. I mean, the, the problem is, is they are bought hook, line, and sinker for DeSantis. They don't want anything to do with Donald Trump because they can't control him. And they decided that they want somebody that they can control, and that's not going to be Donald Trump. Yeah, but Carl, don't they know that that's what MSNBC does? I mean, literally, Rachel Maddow will come out of a Trump speech and say, if he says anything newsworthy, he'll bring it to you. Otherwise, he's going to lie the whole time. Fox News dominated before Newsmax was thought about before I I mean I was I was already in radio but you're already a conservative guy but we all watched Fox News because we it was reliably at least more fair and now they seem to be taking cues from those they were slaughtering for 20 years well that's I don't know and that's the most frustrating thing it's like look I was a Fox guy used to be on them all the time yes uh going up to the you know Donald Trump's first run in 2016 and even and after that, all through the time uh, up when I went into the administration. But somewhere between then and now, they turned this corner and said that we, we're more interested in control than we are honest reporting. It doesn't make any sense because they're not winning any viewers and they're literally pushing people away, which is good for you. There's now people looking for the alternative and you are the alternative. How are you feeling about the show? I know it sounds like a dumb question, but I know when I first started shows on television or on radio, a little bit of apprehension. Will they like it? Will they get it? Will they see what I'm laying down? What are you hearing? Uh, look, I'm lo- I love it. I get to go on and talk to hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of people with our social reach uh, every single night about things that I care about. And honestly, like Newsmax has been really good to just be like, Carl, you be Carl. Tell things in the manner that you see fit. These, you know, obviously we have network guidance on news and this. And right. that, but they are like, we don't want to tell you what to say. We don't want to tell you who to be. We want you to be you and go out there and get the audience and I enjoy it. I look at it as a conversation with the people I, that watch me every night. The show is um, uh, Frontline. It's uh, Carl Higby. He is the, the host. Carl, it's 5 p.m. or 6 p.m.? Correct. 5 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time. Go and check him out every night. DVR it if you can't watch it live. Latest book is called Crisis of Culture. I want to talk to you about Israel. Mm-hmm. There's no way that people who are pulling for the Palestinians singing the song River to the Sea Palestine will be free. There's no way they don't know that doesn't mean, or they, they, there's no way they don't know that means the extermination of Israel, right? They have to know that. Well, if, yeah, the problem is, is there are a lot of people who chant things that they don't have no idea what it means. Um, the problem with this whole thing is somewhere it became cool to, I don't know, hate Israel, hate what America stands for, hate our allies. And I think it's largely because, and I talked about this last night, which is Americans, the the liberal American has broken everything down into oppressor and oppressed. Right. And there's no in between. And if you're not oppressed, then you're the oppressor. And it's not that binary. And they want to look at America as some bad force in the global stage. And I'm just not here for that. It's a former Navy SEAL as well, so I, I want to jump into your expertise here, Carl, if I can. Uh, by the way, Rashida Tlaib knows it means the extermination of Israel, but I think that you're right. A lot of people chanting the chant don't realize it, and sure. we've been doing our level best to educate them on that. When you go to somebody who wants a ceasefire or who wants peace, and I say and you say there was a ceasefire, there was peace on October 6th, 
On October 7th, Hamas, the terrorist organization, decided we're going to attack and take out as many civilians as we can. We're going to GoPro video it and show people how great it is to kill Jews. So when the response is, well, you can't just, you can't bomb them from the skies. You can't use your aerial. Okay, so then we're going to go in on the ground. Well, you can't go on the ground because you're killing civilians. Carl's a Navy SEAL. And if you were the one devising how to get Hamas, not kill Palestinians necessarily, but kill the bad guys that are the government of Pal- what would be Palestine, Hamas, what would you do? You have to go on the ground, don't you? How do you get them when they're hiding behind civilians and innocent people? Door to door, Joe. I mean, we did this in Fallujah. We, we littered the area with flyers saying, if you're here, we're going to continue consider you a bad guy. We went in with thousands and thousands and thousands of Marines, and we went to every single door in the city of Fallujah. I mean, it's a monumental task. It Unfortunately, it's what they're up against right now. But like you said, there was peace. They opted not to have peace. So now, you know, you mess around, you find out. Well, Carl, exactly. But see, here's the problem. Like I said, you can't use aerial you know, uh, missiles from planes. You can't go in on the ground because yeah. you're killing too many civilians. And when you ask somebody, what do you do? Their answer is what you said. But going door to door means you've got to get them out from under the hospital. You've got to get them out from under the the elementary school. You've got to get them out from under the mosque. They're purposely hiding behind innocence, so Mm -hmm. I guess so they can win the narrative war? I mean, or or, or do they think that Navy SEALs like you and other good guys um, will say, well, we can't shoot up the mosque because although they're there, there are a bunch of women and children. They're the ones putting them in harm's way, aren't they? Correct. And we, you know, the global population, much of which was judging this on the airwaves, they have never dodged lead. They've never been in a gunfight. They don't have any idea what this is like. So they're unwilling to accept collateral damage. They're literally, you know, claiming that they need perfection. The other problem is, too, is like these guys could be a Hamas terrorist one day and then the very next day they can just put their gun down, put on a different suit. And all of a sudden they're a civilian and we don't even know they're a bad guy until they pick up a gun again. So. You know, yes, you can use rockets and missiles and and tanks and bombs and things like that. But, you you know, you have to be selective about it. And the other thing, too, is when you plan these operations, it's okay to say, hey, this city block is going to be under, uh, uh, you know, we're going to be focusing on this as the IDF, you know, from this state to this state. Put those flyers and pamphlets out there. We did this in Iraq and it worked and the bad guys stayed and most of the people left if the bad guys let them. You know what blows my mind in that entire region? It's Carl Higby. He's the host of Frontline on Newsmax. Watch it every night at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. You can also get his latest book called Crisis of Culture. It's Carl Higby. What blows my mind is that Egypt and Jordan both said, we're not taking anybody from from what would be Palestine. (laughs) Not taking anybody from Gaza. In fact, in the 70s, Israel said to Egypt, you take Gaza. Egypt said, screw you, you take Gaza. Nobody wants the place because you've got a, a pocket of people that are born and raised and bred to hate everybody. And, and there's going to be trouble wherever they are. So what do you do when Egypt says we're not taking them and a bunch of Palestinians say we're going to go there and then Hamas itself says we're going to stop you from going there. We need you to be human shields. I mean, Carl, you and I both know that Israel could wipe Gaza off the map in about an hour if they wanted to. They're not doing that. They're actually showing a lot of restraint, even though there are a lot of civilian casualties. What do you do if you've got the button that you press that solves the problem of Gaza? What is it? Uh, to be honest, it, it involves a lot of collateral damage. But the other thing, too, we have to look at is, you know, and, and there was a British study out on this, Joe, where it showed the average IQ of the average member of the Gaza Strip, the Palestinian Authority in the Gaza Strip, was 67. OK, in America, 
below 72 is considered handicapped. Right. So you have an entire population that mostly doesn't even understand what is going on. And to explain it to them, I mean, look, they will they will cater to the, the pe- people with the biggest gun that's closest to them, which happens to be Hamas, which, by the way, was a spinoff of the Muslim Brotherhood that was elected in the Gaza Strip to run it over the Fatah party back in 2006. So when it says, like, oh, Hamas doesn't represent everybody, it literally does. They were elected. Um, so I think that the problem here is, more people need to be killed in a war than anybody ever wants to admit. You want to win this war, you got to kill bad guys. Do innocent people get killed? Yes. But that's the fact of war. So do you do you thread the needle, take personal casualties on the side of Israel, or do you do what needs to be done to make sure that this never happens again? It's interesting to me, and it's Carl Higby, it's interesting to me that none of this happened under Trump. In fact, Trump was bringing peace to the region. He moved the capital of Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, even though the entire world was going to melt down. How dare you do that? And nothing happened. Literally nothing happened. Um, There there were bad actors on this globe scared to death to do anything because over dessert one night at Mar-a-Lago, he dropped 56 Tomahawk missiles on Syria while hosting the Chinese president. This guy didn't mess around. The world realized that he would take action. Do you find Obama and Biden to be complicit? I know that Obama treated Netanyahu like garbage. I know that Biden keeps on saying he's for Israel, but let's let's show restraint. Let's hold up. Let's not invade yet. Yeah. Why why such a difference in your opinion uh, from administration to administration on our best friend in the region? Well, uh, it comes down to real leaders respect strength, and you know there are real leaders on the bad guys side, and I think that look. People were like, I really don't know what Trump will do if they mess around, if they violate, you know, U.S. sovereignty, if they attack our ships or our bases. Or people were like, I am. You know, some of our adversaries were like, I am literally terrified of Trump because he could turn my city or my country into a parking lot. Right. They don't believe Barack Obama would have done that. He he drew the red line in Syria what eight times. They don't believe Joe Biden's actually going to do anything like that. We have eleven carrier battle groups, and we're lucky if we can even use those to just patrol around even near Israel. They won't even do that. Yeah, I mean, there are drag shows on, on army bases, though. That's good, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's such, it's, listen, it's bizarre world. My dad was in the Air Force. He was so proud of his service his entire life. Talked about his services, services, services. It's just a different thing now. When you, as a former Navy SEAL, when you see what's happening with our military, when you see that people are joining the military for no real good reason, it's not to support the Constitution, it's to get a free meal or to go to college or I was bored or whatever. When they're pushing this queer ideology in the military, I just interviewed General Flynn last week, and he said it's going to take a lot of work, and it's going to take all 44 of the three- or four-star generals that are out there to get back involved and make the youth understand the importance of a strong military and doing it for love of country. We're far away from that right now. What, what are your thoughts on what you see in the military today? Uh, it's horrific. Like, what they did with the vaccine mandate was, was a disaster. And now they're trying to get those same people to come back in, which means to me, like, oh, I guess this really wasn't necessary for right. system readiness. I guess kicking people out, which is actually affecting system readiness, was the priority for these people. They're focusing on drag shows, like you said. They, you know, Right now, you have U.S. Marines that haven't fired a gun in a year in in training because you know it's not budgetary constraint they don't have time they don't do this they don't want they are teaching people to to not be soldiers they want them to be diplomats and look soldiers kill bad guys and break their stuff that's all they should do and that's all they should train for stop trying to get us to be sensitive and care about the feelings of whoever we are wherever we are in the country just let us go in and kick in doors and kill bad guys. And if you don't want to do that, if you want to be diplomatic, send diplomats.
That's, that's a great idea. They're not going to be sending diplomats, that's for sure. It is uh, Carl Higby, the host of Frontline. Get his latest book. It's called Crisis of Culture. I've got to ask you about Ukraine quickly. Um, we're not winning. Uh, our money's not winning, I should say. Yeah. Ukraine is losing. Russia's winning. I mean, that's that's obvious. They're calling it a stalemate, but it's not because Russia will just keep on sending in more troops. You've got probably a half a million young Amer- uh, um, uh, military-aged men in Ukraine who are dead now, and there's no end in sight. As somebody who's a military guy and a military mind, don't you want to know what, what victory looks like? Don't you want to know what what's the solution to this problem you're sending us into? Right. Before the first dollar was spent, I would have asked for a plan. Like, what is your path to victory? And now $100 million plus spent. And they're now asking for more money. I like I wouldn't give them a penny more until I know, like, hey, guys, like, what is your plan? Like, we just found out Zelensky has two massive yachts. Right. Like, where did that money come from? But by the way, because you said that, you and I both support Putin now, which is ridiculous. We we don't want Putin to win. We don't ru- want Russia to invade his neighbors. But we also want to have accounting for the money that we send. And I had Andy Biggs on that long ago. He said it's upwards of two hundred billion. Um, if you count all the equipment, all the all the ammunition, all the everything that we've sent, and every two weeks, Jake Sullivan wants to send another check. How do how do we make that stop? Does the House of Representatives have the backbone to say we're going to stop this, and then they can take the onslaught of being accused of being Putin puppets? Right. Well, that's the problem. Is is this is an administration that accused Trump and the other side of being Putin puppets for so long, so they want to back away from anything, and they're willing to spend. Our hard-earned money. I mean, think about it. The average American household has $20,000 annually in federal tax revenue to the government. How many people, how many U.S. households are combined make $100 billion? People we're talking that work, you know, nine to five every day, raise right. a family, paying a mortgage. Their tax dollars are going to fund Zelensky's yacht? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous, and, and but they're not finding out about that except from you, except from me. But but the mainstream will hide that. They'll hide anything that makes this administration look stupid or look bad in its decisions. It's Carl Higby. Carl, last question uh, on the topic of uh, of Trump and the, I guess the strategy that the left is pulling. It's, but it's not just the left. You've got Liz Cheney, who is the left, but she claims to be a Republican, yeah. saying the exact same thing as Adam Schiff. And the thing they're saying, I don't know if you've seen this, you probably have, is if Trump should win again. He will never leave the White House. He would refuse to leave at the end of his term. Now, I guess the evidence they have is how he just left at the end of his term the first time. So I'm not sure why they're saying that. But their goal is to make people think he's an autocrat, a dictator, a fascist, and will never leave should he get the job again when you and I both can make the case for the next five hours that for four years he was the lowest regulation, lowest control guy, lowest tax guy that we've seen in a long time. So what about that strategy? Is there any chance of that working? He'll never leave if he wins again. Well, look, they are playing to their base, which, by the way, is shrinking every single day. Their base is Trump is bad, orange man bad, and we can't have him. Why? Well, because he's bad. They don't have any reasoning. All those people were better off, by the way, under his administration. However, they just continuously say that Trump is the worst. He's literally Hitler, and he can't be allowed back into the White House because then everybody will die. And that's just not true. Like, you just juxtapose how it was under him, how it was under Biden— And there's your voting strategy. And if 36 percent of Americans who apparently still hate Trump don't want to vote for him, I don't care. Right. No, I'm with you. The dumbest thing I saw was out of Adam Schiff. He then said these words, Carl, they're accusing us of exactly what they're doing. Which is exactly what the Democrats do for a living. Accuse everybody else of doing exactly what they're doing. Uh, 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 
Is it going to work even a little bit on those who aren't paying as much attention as you and I? I, I hope not. Sure. I mean, it'll work for some people because look, there's a, a significant amount of people in this world that are like, hey, look, I want to work my job. They're working 10, 12 hours a day, yeah. raising a family, just trying to put food on the table because now it costs 30 percent more than it did when Biden first took office. Right. And they're just they're, I don't have time for the news. And I look, I feel for those people, man. I I, I, I want to reach out to them, want to help them any way they can. But look, sometimes their only source of news may be the stuff that they're saying on MSNBC. Exactly right. It's Carl Higby, the host of Frontline. Watch him every night, five uh, five p.m. Eastern time on Newsmax. Record it if you're not if you're not able to watch it when it happens. Crisis of Culture is the latest book. Carl, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Joe, thank you. All right, brother. We'll talk soon. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. to have you wonderful uh, to interview Carl Higby again again the host of Frontline on Newsmax 5 p.m. Monday through Friday that's Eastern time go check him out I think I'm going to be on Friday I think I'll be on uh, Frontline Friday now I was going to be on yesterday and uh Carrie the topic was uh masculinity in America I was like oh, well you picked the right guy they decided guy. not to have you on or what well they, they like changed the topic you? and they're going to do it Friday oh you're calling me not masculine is that what no, it is I'm, no I did not say that it's just rude I was complimenting to you today I've been nice to you today I know <laughs> you, and you know what you're right and I apologize wow wow so, Michael I'm going to need that okay. I apologize yeah. I don't need that well, I might have jumped in before you finish it say it again no you heard me the first time it's good <laughs> I can't say it again. Come on. Uh, so I, I think I'll be on Frontline on Friday, so uh, make sure you tune in. I was ready to go yesterday, but something happened. They changed topics. Breaking news, something went on. So uh, we'll do it on Friday. But Carl's a good guy. Go follow him everywhere. C-A-R-L-H-I-G-B-I-E. Uh, Carl Higby. Next hour, it's going to be Eric Prince. He's the guy that founded Blackwater. Hey, Carrie, I had to know right off the top of the interview, and I asked him this, mm-hmm. did you name the company after the Doobie Brothers song? Okay, that'll be interesting to hear if he says yes or no. What, what did I just do? Just no. That was a big time tease. Big time broadcast tease. That's yes. how we do. All right, another big hour coming your way. You're not going to believe what Dick Durbin had to say. It's a new segment I call, Wow, Dick Durbin's Really Dumb. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.